It's 11 minutes uh, now before 8 p.m. You tuned in to Metro FM Talk here on the Mighty Metro. And I'm joined on the line to take a look at the big stories in the world of money and power on this Thursday. Chief Investment Officer and co-founder at Benguela Global Fund Managers, Zuelake Mguni. Kwabe, good evening to you, my brother, and welcome. Good evening, Aya. Good evening to your listeners. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Zuelake, I was saying just as we were starting and kicking things off this evening, um, that showing by Sabanya Stowater, I mean, you seldom see 90% growth in earnings, let alone, uh, I mean, that, you know, from a sort of a distributional perspective, I mean, they paid out more dividends in 2020 than what was their market cap when they were spun off from gold fields, you know, less than 10 years ago. Um, I don't know, Zulak, I mean, I'm sitting here and the first thing that came to mind was, okay, you know, if you are anywhere near the platinum group metals, you are flush and gold and iron ore and everything else. But then the second one is if people are making that kind of money, do we maybe need a windfall tax? Yeah, I mean, it's been quite a fantastic set of results by Shibanye, and I think they they really did well on all fronts. So from a cost point of view, from a production point of view, it was really a very, very good quarter. And I think we shouldn't forget the fact that the commodities, palladium, rhodium, those commodities have been uh, on a surge uh, of notes. So it's been a fantastic uh, time. So the question of um, super profit tax kind of thing, the, the question of super tax profit is basically just a, a question of when things are tough, would we be prepared to basically uh, give back to this uh, uh, to these companies? And well, I, think that's well, I guess you, you would mix it up with a lot of other things. I mean, I do think the mining sector receives a considerable amount of, uh, you know, their capital spending written off uh, in tax and non-tax incentives. Um so, so I mean, when when I think we're calling for a sort of windfall tax, it's about saying, well, you get all of these incentives uh, for your capital investments. It might be worth, I guess, sharing some of that with uh, the government and hopefully in future sovereign wealth fund uh, when we see a favorable price environment like the one we're in now. Yeah, I, I agree. But I mean, the question is, um, are the royalties already not enough? Because the royalties would have risen in line with revenue. Yes, no, you're right. Well, yeah, yeah. Look, I mean, I don't know. When I look at those figures, we're like, I mean, but let's unpack some of them. Um, I mean, these are are guys who've had a really fascinating story. I mean, it seems like COVID-19 hasn't happened at all uh, to, uh, you know, PGMs uh, and in particular to Sabanya Stalwart. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I mean, they, they did really well on all fronts. So if you look at the the unit cost, uh, they brought that down uh, on on a number of uh, areas uh, in gold in uh, in the PGMs in US and SA. And I think they also benefited from a price on a year-on-year basis. I mean, the price is looking a lot higher now for the, the basket price. But I, I do think that they are at a point where they would need sustained momentum in the PGM prices for them to basically be able to to sustain this performance. Because 
Uh, where we are, I mean, it's unprecedented, the type of uh, prices mm. for rhodium, for example. I mean, the, those prices are extreme. Hmm. Yeah, and I guess a lot of that, of course, uh, has to do with some of the supply uh, challenges in that market and, uh, you know, the resumption of economic activity across the world. But it certainly has been a boon for Sabanye. They've managed to, I guess, um, you know, de- de-gear their balance sheet, uh, dealing with their debt burden there that had come when they had gone on that shopping expedition. And uh, I guess many people who were quite um, suspicious of that, as well like at the time, w- would probably... Uh, yeah, I would probably be saying, you know, Fronemann's uh, quite the astute deal maker. No, I, I mean, I was one of the skeptical people, I mm. have to admit. Uh, I, so, yeah, what I do you saw... say now? <laughs> <laughs> Look, you have to give him credit. I mean, the, 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 the timing on his purchase of the uh, M plus assets in Rustenburg mm. was probably for cheaters, but. I think uh, what he has done with those assets, uh, managing to continue to get production where many other operators had failed. I mean, you can see in the Maricana operation, he's also tried hard to get some uh, progress there. So I certainly think that uh, he's done extremely well. His investment in the U.S. has basically diversified the business and has given him exposure to more of a recycling and less uh, uh, of a mining uh, element. So he, he's definitely done well, and, and I think uh, kudos to him. Uh, mm. He's really done a good job. Sure, sure. Let's shift away from that one, and uh, I guess we stay in the mining sector. And, uh, yeah, you know, we've been having this conversation about Zambia's debt burden, um, their default on some of their sovereign debt. Um, and all of that was triggered and precipitated by COVID-19, the challenges of being a commodity export-reliant nation, uh, and in particular, one export, and that's copper. Uh, but it seems, yeah, record rally for that self-same export. Uh, what is this going to mean for Zambia? Um, and I guess its ability to be able to leverage, um, you know, the value that might arise from, from these record-level prices. Yeah, I, uh, you and I have spoken about uh, the the disappointing story of Africa that mm. you know, we, we export minerals in their uh, raw form and uh, and we are so dependent on those uh, commodities that when the prices fall uh, we actually have no other way to go uh, because we haven't uh, been developing our economies in a way that uh, can be more balanced and I think it then makes it worse when uh, there is a stealth nationalization. I mean, Zambia was highly dependent on uh, copper uh, exports uh, as a foreign currency earner, mm. and that has created big problems for them. So I think it was a stealth nationalization uh, that looked like it was a frivolous uh, accusation that uh, the guys didn't declare the expansion and basically uh, take over the mine. And and I think the rest of the society has to now bear the brunt of a political decision that was taken maybe in a haste and for political experience. Mm, 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 mm. You know, and I guess, you know, South Africa often laments the fact that we missed out on the nice part of the commodity supercycle in the 2000s for all manner of structural reasons. Uh, but, uh, you know, I guess the the team out in Lusaka will be kicking themselves now um, 
if they think about some of the high grade, uh, you know, uh, high grade copper they could potentially be producing, even cobalt uh, from some of these mines, and because of their own bungling, uh, they yeah. effectively miss out on that. No, certainly. I mean, it's 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 such a big uh, mess and disappointment that you you wonder what was going through their minds. I mean, you 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 can't invite investors into a country and then you'll treat them. I mean, there there are times that investors want to basically disrespect the laws of the country, but mm. there are courts for that. There are processes that need to be followed uh, to basically deal with those things. I think that the, the more um, aggressive kind of uh, uh, approach sometimes can lead to consequences. And I, I think this missing out on a $10,000 uh, uh, mm. uh, mm. price is certainly a... Big loss. What's that? Ten thousand a ton. Ten thousand US dollar a ton. Yeah, yeah, a, a ton. Yes, sorry. <laughs> yeah, hey, and uh, I guess yeah. If you compare that to um, coltan and cobalt, uh, yeah, then the zeros you can add a few other zeros because um, <coughs> you know, I mean, that's the nature of pricing in that environment. What do you make, Kwabe, uh, um, of uh, what's happening at SA Express? I mean. I don't know. We've been hearing about this crowdfunding platform that uh, potentially has the wherewithal to um, bid uh, and effectively take this entity out of liquidation and might uh, uh, be able to operationalize it. But um, it seems the guarantee letters and in indicate of uh, the presence of this money. Azbet, Aziko? Yeah. <laughs> it looks like there, there is an issue around um, the bidders. Uh, of SA Express trying to come up with the 50 million that was uh, uh, supposed to be paid uh, in the form of a bank guarantee. And it looks like they're looking for crowdfunding as an alternative. Mm. Uh, and I think I think it's, it's quite unfortunate. I mean, SA Express was rendering quite a useful service, I think, uh, to, to destinations that were not necessarily uh, easily accessible, uh, and they had a very good business. And uh, I mean, it, it's unfortunate that that business is actually undergoing uh, a process of liquidation. Mm, mm. That's a real pity, um, you know, because I guess if, if if there was an entity, you probably, um, or I guess a segment of that market where you probably wanted to protect as many of the. Uh, uh, players who were there pre-COVID, it's probably that one. I mean, that uh, segment of the market, regional, domestic flights um, that, um, you know, were able, I guess, to to make the, the stable there at SAA, uh, you know, something to marvel at. But uh, it seems that those days are long gone. Uh, last one here, Zulaka, before we let you go, and it's a story we're going to be picking up in the next few minutes or so uh, with the team there at the IDZ in Saldana. Now, uh, it seems... Massive investment expected there, 3.26 billion rand. Uh, and uh, in the expansion of that IDZ, uh, 356 hectare uh, SEZ there. And uh, yeah, looking to uh, do anything there from shipbuilding to uh, all manner of other things, docking facilities, a mobile hoist and ship lifting, all manner of things. It's such a fantastic uh, initiative by the government they were they, they basically creating uh, a means to mobilize investment so oftentimes uh, investors 
would want to invest money, but then there are certain constraints like access to ports and all those things. And this development is actually a fantastic uh, initiative to basically not only mobilize investment, but also to create jobs in the much-needed areas mm. uh, of, um, of the Cape. So, so it, it, it is an excellent initiative. I mean, they were talking about at a construction stage, they'll probably need create about 10,000 jobs at a peak, and they'll then create about 6,000 uh, long-term jobs. And I, I certainly think it is something that is to be uh, uh, praised and acknowledged from the government side that if they can keep doing such initiatives, we might maybe uh, start seeing uh, improvements in our uh, uh, standard of living as a society. Mm, mm. I mean, it does, I guess, you know, show with some uh, a considerable level of seriousness um, this uh, idea of trying to make these special economic zones work. Uh, and yeah, I might not agree with the fact that we have nine uh, across every province because then <laughs> probably not as special as they would be. But I think one like this, I mean, you know, that Saldana area and its critical links to many of the value chains in the Northern Cape, um, both in the metal sector, but uh, in other potential uh, industries as well. I mean, uh, with all of the sunlight in the Northern Cape, uh, hey, we might even be producing some solar PV there, one hopes. Yeah, it's a great it's a great initiative. I mean, I really think that uh, and they were talking about the total investment. They, they said they had about 52 investors mm. uh, and, and 11 of them signed already uh, an investment commitment of about 3.2 billion. Uh, they said they'll take it to about 23 billion by 2030. Mm. For that kind of region, that kind of specific sure. uh, uh, town, I think that would make a big difference in, in, in terms of uh, mm. sustaining the economy there. Indeed, indeed. Kwabe, we'll have to leave it there, my brother. It's always a pleasure catching up with you, Zuelakem Guni. Thank you very much for your time. Thank you. Zuelakem Guni is the Chief Investment Officer and Founder at Benguela Global Fund Managers. We're going to take a brief break now, but uh, when we come back, we continue with that story from the Saldana Bay IDZ, which is anticipating a nearly 3.5 billion rand uh, expansion drive. And uh, Ms. Kashifa Birkus, the CEO at the IDZ out in Saldana Bay, is my next guest for the second part of our business wrap.